the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast for the week of October 14th. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great show again for you this week. It is, it's the beginning, it, it's, it's fall. I think it's sort of official. I mean, I know it's like 80 degrees today, but still temperatures are dipping. Scary movies are showing up all over the place. It's my favorite time of year. And I watched a scary movie last night, Muppets Haunted Mansion. Now, give it a minute. Don't judge me because there, there's a purpose to this. For comedians and entertainers, it is, it's a pretty messed up scary movie. And I know people don't know the plot, so it's, it's a twisted plot and I'm going to run it by you and it's going to sound ridiculous. Gonzo. And Pepe, I don't know if you guys know Pepe, the King Prawn. King Prawn. That's right. Ah, oh, man, that's why I love you, Brian. <laughs> they are sent to a haunted house. They sort of go on their own, but they, where no one returns when they go to this haunted house. And the thing is, is that Gonzo is just casually not afraid of anything. That's sort of part of his shtick. He's like, ah, nothing scares me. Whatever. He gets shot out of cannons. He gets destroyed all the time. It's kind of his thing. So until, as the plot is revealed, the haunted house reveals that he is afraid of something. Dun, 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 which actually do, they do in the movie. Gonzo is afraid of obscurity. He's afraid of people forgetting who he is. He's afraid of fading and his friends and people not knowing. That got me. Yeah, that hits very close to home. That, <laughs> as a comedian, as an editor, be like, yeah, I just don't want people to forget who I He like ages in it in this mirror. It is legitimately, it was scary. It was like, oh my God, they got me. The Muppets got me. And the whole concept of disappearing and going into nothing, mm-hmm. nothingness, that's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty terrifying. Like, I think, like, ask Tom Brady and Dave Chappelle about that, because I think that's two guys who, who I think have faced some sense of their demise, and they're fighting everything they possibly can to keep relevant right now. I, I, I think they're being very successful at it, but I do believe, Tom Brady, of all people, yeah. that guy is hanging on. He's done, he's known this for a long time. He's doing literally everything possible to stay relevant. No one else is, I guess I'm just kind of tapping into something a little bit going, what happens when that guy experiences some, some demise? Does he fall off the planet? Like what, or is he going to live forever? I'm not really sure. He might be a vampire. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. And I know I keep talking to you, Brian, but we have to introduce you properly. It's the man behind the curtain who we, we love the producer here, Brian Baltashevitz. Uh, are you a fan of Scary Movies or Muppet Haunted Mansion specifically? <laughs> uh, uh, we almost watched uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion the other night. Come on. I ended up, um, are you familiar with Shudder? It's a it's an app. It's like a you yes. know, a Roku app. You yeah. get Shutter S A G U D D E R. I feel like October is to Shutter what the NCAA basketball tournament is to True TV. Right? It's like the only month right. that you're like, oh, that's <laughs> right. There's a there's an app on on my TV where you can watch all kinds of horror movies. I love that. And so we fell into this into this uh, um, rabbit hole of th- this eight hour long series about basically the history of horror movies. Oh, wow. From like the 70s on forward. So it goes through every year and it talks about the cool movies and stuff. 
Uh, so we've been watching that about 30 minutes at a time, but nope. it's great. It's really, really good. And there's a lot of really weird crap on the shutter. Really? You know, if you get down like deep into like what's new and Ooh, what you it, don't want to get in the, sh- the stuff, shutter rabbit some, hole. That's a dark place. I imagine there's some pretty, yeah, there's some pretty uh, great old horror movies on that. So I feel like you brushed by, you are a fan of scary movie of horror. Of some horror. Okay. Like the original uh, kind of slasher movies, like the first in the series, like Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, very much so. The first of the movies. The sequels, I can very much live without. But the first of those movies, I always felt were pretty original and and, totally and well done. But yeah, like, you know, the Friday the 13th, part 19, I, I don't need it. Really? You're not on with that one? That's weird. <laughs> so, Freddy Jason, in Space. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, Jason in Space. Don't need it. I any, jotted so. down a couple a couple favorites. It. I love the new It. Yes. It, like yep. the first two, like the two, the new ones that have been yes, out are fantastic. Yeah. Halloween, Ghostbusters. I don't care. It's still scary. Mm-hmm. 28 Days. Is that right? 28 Days Later? 28 Days later, yes, that's the what zombie, it is. right? The, the yep. yeah, there it's the one, it was the first one where the zombies it, yeah. it run like a four, three, four, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah scary fast zombies, absolutely terrifying, Oof, man, yeah. yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, the birds, just because it's a great yep. throwback, the fly, another throwback, Brundle Fly, Shaun of the yep. Dead. Shaun of the Dead brings yep. me to it because I do love Friday the 13th night. Shaun of the Dead brings me to, the, to another point that I actually think that. There is some connective tissue between stand-up and horror. It's a good <laughs> pun, connective tissue, just out there. <laughs> Bloody connective tissue. I just think like the discomfort, like what, what I would call blurting reactions, like mm-hmm. fear, like fright and, and laughter, and the necessary like rot building of tension and release, you know, the ghoulish characters, all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I don't know, that's pretty close. Do you have any favorites? The first movie that scared the crap out of me was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. And it was the the suspense of it and the I mean it wasn't gory, but it was very like you're like, What? She's carrying a demon? <laughs> so the way I mean looking at it now looking back at it it's just creepy to watch it is yeah. the way that yeah. it's filmed and all the people and the acting is just like oh yeah. golly yeah, yeah pretty scary was, stuff yeah scary Children of the Corn mm-hmm. that one, one was good too I think and the, what's funny is you talk about like you don't really see any it's not gory I so I've got all these older brothers and older sisters and they all love that stuff so I am sent to my room <laughs> and then they crank up the volume. So all I hear is the scary music and people screaming and dying. I'm terrified <laughs> of what's going on. I mean, like that's part of why I like struggle with scary movies for a long yeah. time. But I've, I'm kind of like spicy food. I've gotten into scary movies <laughs> as I've gotten older. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to eat a ghost pepper and burn my... I still got to eat, you know, so yeah, I don't no, get the sky. Yeah. I don't do hereditary or whatever, but I, I like the new it movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. I would add American Werewolf in London. Okay. I've never seen it. I've oh, never you, seen it. It's pretty add, solid. It's great. Add yeah. it to the list. Yeah. As, um, as filmmaking, because I feel like you, you're a, you're a filmmaker. Love you're a, what do they call that? Film of film of savant. You're a so file of some kind. Yeah, film of file. <laughs> Let's not get the wrong file, but you know <laughs> whatever what I mean. the word is. <laughs> um, American Wealth in London was one of the first movies that in the Howling that, uh, that actually did an on-camera transformation to uh, Werewolf. Oh wow! Uh, John Landis directed it. It's, oh no shit! It's really really well done. I see. I knew he would know that shit. He, he, I knew he would have. <laughs> I like, love that he loves that. That's the amazing. Scenes, inside scoop shit. Yeah. I might actually watch that movie now. Um, if you're able to put yourself in the time that it was made and remember kind of what movies were like and what this movie was in its frame of time, The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, like now, you know, you look back, totally. the, the spinning head, the vomit, it all looks profoundly fake. Yeah. But in that it's time, camping, people yeah. freak yeah. out. It was scary, yeah. though. It, it Yeah. And it's still, I still have trouble watching it. I think it, it still is. Yeah. And um, what is it? The... Bell toll song, whatever. Oh, 
Tubular bells. Yes, yeah. tubular yep. bells. I had a yoga instructor who thought it was fun during yoga to play like all haunted movie really? theme songs. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that'll that make you relax. You to yeah. 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 Totally relaxed. <laughs> I used to use that for my mother-in-law's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a true story. The, uh, <laughs> really, that's great. Yeah. That the tubular yeah. bells. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Miller uh, w- is w- like lived in my town, lived in Wilkesbury. Well, not it wasn't it was technically Scranton, uh-huh. so he was the young priest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. And his yep. his dad, he's the father of Jason. Oh my God, Miller? Speed Two. Oh, uh, Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, just an interesting yeah. point of fact. You know who knows a lot about scary movies? Who's that? Christopher Carrado. Oh, yes. really? Oh, was yeah, he big? We've, we've oh, had that conversation on the really? podcast. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, you might Jason have. had this conversation uh-huh. with you had this conversation with him on our podcast. Yeah. I don't think I ever did it with I him. I think Chris. you did, maybe Carrado. last year. Yeah, it you was, a, have it was him a pandemic. Back, but yeah, it was a pandemic episode of I don't know Chris Carrado. I'm kidding. I know. My, <laughs> yeah. I don't but I don't remember this at all. I, I actually don't. This is I'll so send weird. you a link. Yeah. Do you know where I can find it? Yeah. You should have him back though. He's No, that's a great that's what I was gonna suggest. We have so much insight into it. All the Maybe we will. Maybe he'll be the the Halloween episode. It may have been last year around Halloween time. I think it was, actually. Well let's repeat that episode, I guess. I don't know. It's perfect. I'll just re air it. Apparently you don't listen to it. Then I'll have to listen to it. All right. All right. All right. We're gonna move on. You you you've been uh we've I'm so excited about our guest. You a returning guest. Yes. This is very exciting. Um you've been hearing her uh her very funny voice. No, that's not that's not what you're that's supposed nice. to say. Okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> our guest and I just learned, uh, I just learned this, did not become an astronaut only because she failed the eye test. That's a real uh, thing. She is an expert marksman as a Marine uh, and a very funny comedian right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's also comedy tour producer, the 22 tour, just dedicated to ending the epidemic of military suicides. She has uh, lived life and brings that knowledge and experience on stages across the country where she slays every time. She's open for headliners like Jim Norton, Andrew Santino, Gabriel Iglesias. She's fresh off the World Series of Comedy in Las Vegas and the Burbank Comedy Festival. You can find a schedule of her upcoming shows at crystal.comedy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Crystal Ramey. Yay! Thanks for having me back. Yay! All right. You know, we don't ask just everybody back. I know. <laughs> I know you don't. Thank so, you. You're welcome. I feel honored. <laughs> what is, that was a shitty. I don't know why I said it like that. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you for the cup of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got. You get a solo cup of water at this podcast. Okay. Well, five minutes afterward, I'm talking to you, Jason. We'll forget that it happened. So. <laughs> don't. I, I'm blaming it on COVID. I got COVID brain. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's like a get out of jail free card. <laughs> That's really fun. Oh. What, what's new? Lots new. Yeah. Been traveling, traveling, traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just talking to Brian earlier about, you know, as comedians, we have feast and then famine. And oh, I'm yeah. broaching a little bit of a famine spell, but we're kind of used to it. But, but are you okay with that? Because I there's times where you get off the I'm road. I'm never okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it not performing. I, I just mean off the road. Off the road, uh, not performing. Yeah, it makes you nervous. You got to... Yeah. Work those muscles as much as possible. So, but that's all right. It just means I gotta put in a little extra elbow grease. See, it's really funny to hear you say that because I'm like literally looking at my notes here, and you know when people you, you're the you're the example that I give when comics ask me about like you know what do they need to do, you know what I mean? I'm just like, well, just do it, Crystal. Do what Crystal's doing. And I know that everyone's path is a little bit different, but you're kind of that that example of how to, you know, work, work hard. Well, what's that mean? It means work every day, you know, work 40 plus hours a week in jobs that we don't like. Comedy deserves that much time, if not more. And I think you sort of. And it really does take that much time if you're really yeah. trying to do something with it, for sure. 
yeah, I couldn't. But thank you. That's really nice thing to say. Like I said, if you're not working on like, you know, Zoom rooms and like starting, you know, working with uh, flappers on doing their, their mic hosting that thing, you know, you're writing and you're taking classes. And that's one of the things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you started taking, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this, but it's a late night writing class specifically, I think. Yes. Focused on monologue writing. So okay. writing for late night hosts. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I, I'm not enrolled in it currently, but I did take it for, I think it was seven weeks with Gabe Abelson, uh, stellar, stellar human and also a great teacher. And uh, basically just learning the formula for writing monologue jokes, which is a very different formula than stand up, you know, on stage stuff. So I want to, so I wanted to ask, I mean, what, as we get into it, is that something that you aspire to, or are you just like, how, what I need to get as much knowledge as I possibly can? Or Yeah, both? I took one class. So I don't think that's enough to, to gauge whether, I mean, I know I loved it, I loved it. It was really a lot of fun. I also know that some of my jokes were definitely rejected. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's part of the job of a monologue writer. They're up super early and they're writing, you know, a hundred jokes and they might get three that are picked for that day. And then they do it every day and then they write skits and wow. stuff on top of that. So it really gave you an insight to what that job is like. And there's some, know. that's, I mean, we're taught or told about rejection when it, when it comes, especially in, in acting and things like that. And, and stand up definitely is not no different, but that level of rejection is, that's a, Ooh, that's a lot. Every day. Yeah. Every that's day. a, that's an ass kicking <laughs> <And> <laughs> every <sketches>. day. <laughs> and then you then you watch late night and you're like, sometimes and I don't I'm not bashful. I'm saying some how the hell did that joke get on the air? Sometimes, you know, you know? and I think it's because the ultimate veto is obviously the late night host. So right. it has yeah, yeah, to yeah. be in that person's voice. So you're writing for somebody else's voice. That was fascinating to me. And and then ultimately they get to pick what what yeah. jokes make the cut for that night. Did they ever talk about if late night hosts sort of lean towards one comic or another? Is it that kind of thing or is it pretty much wide net? They did talk about that a little. I, mean, I just think that some writers are better at tapping into that late night's voice, whoever yeah. it is. But no, because everybody brings something different to the table. That's why they have a, a team versus just a couple people. Yeah. So another dumb follow up question. I'm, I'm just, I should just take the class. I know we've talked about this. <laughs> it's good. You I'm should. gonna, I'm it's gonna. a good class. We could take uh, it together because I still need to learn more. Done. We're going to do that. Do, do they take something like, I like this. It's just not ready. And then you, they rework it. I think once it hits the cutting room floor, it's gone. It's kind of, um, it doesn't mean that you can't use parts of it again, but I, I mean, does the host say, I like this premise or it's just not quite there yet. And they, yeah, it up. Okay. they will definitely be like, you're onto something here. Change it. From what I understand, you will get that opportunity if the host really, really likes it. Yeah. So, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. It sounds like rigorous, rigorous, thankless work. But I, and the other thing that Gabe taught us, and uh, Gabe, by the way, is one of the instructors out of Flappers, but he's also been a head writer for, I, I believe it was um, Letterman for like 15 years. So he's really spectacular. Guy. Is there a better pedigree? Honestly. I mean, and yeah. he's just a really good teacher. But one of the things that, that Gabe said is you really, you have to separate yourself from your, your stand up life mm-hmm. because you're not going to get credit for the jokes you write. Right, right, so right. if your ego is super big and that's getting, that might get in the way. And I'm like, I wouldn't care. Like if I wrote something is- that somebody said on T, don't think I'm not going to say, I wrote that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the job would be the ego. Be like, are you kidding me? Like, I would love that. You got the, Especially you know, knowing the layers Colbert or, you know, Jimmy, that you have to go through just to get your joke. Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. Well, do you, I mean, Steve Byrne, I always think I'm going to say, Steve Byrne is the comedian, right? So he, yeah. I, I saw him a couple of years ago now where he did portions of his show in different styles of comedy. And one of them was, was late night style. And it was really good. So he did kind of like monologue jokes. It was really interesting that it was a, a, a different style. You could tell it was different. Now, but are you using any of those things? Do you want to? I mean, is it so different that you can't sort of manipulate it? some of the jokes that you wrote or some I mean the basic joke construct is there like it's it's definitely a setup and then a misdirect you know mm -hmm. so it's sure. that for sure but it's based mostly on what's happening in the world today yeah. so it's very topical most of it you can't use again right because it's not relevant after it's said and the top, the headline is gone. Yeah. But yes, I think I the construct you. of it and learning to get really powerful in your misdirect is definitely a useful yeah. skill in just writing jokes, period. That's great. Yeah. That was sort of kind of what I was leading to is like, to have you, has your writing style or I don't know, even time frame how you do it every day has it changed? Has it sort of developed a little bit as a result of this? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it has tweaked how yeah. I'm writing a little bit. Um, not drastically. I think everything is just tightening up more. But I also yeah. attribute that as just doing it every single day right. and right, over right, the right. years, you're just naturally going to get better at that part. How many times have you and I probably said to each other, economy of words? I mean, yeah. literally like, yeah, get cut, cut the words. Out. That yeah, seems like the fat. ultimate, like, right. get rid of it. Just get to the funny in what, 20 seconds, right? I mean, something like it's that. It's so hard sometimes. It's so yeah. hard, even after all these years. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I 100% agree. Yeah. Because you're like, but I don't, I like the baby. I don't want to throw the baby <laughs> out. <laughs> I still, I still have new jokes where you'd be like, why are they laughing then? That's not the, all right, I could put it in the back. Figure out how to get <laughs> right? that shit at the end of the sentence. It's really amazing. Well, I mean, does that it also. It is the best puzzle. I'm sorry. It is, oh, right? Because yeah, you're like, okay, now how do I put, they're laughing at that. Now I'm going to put it back here. What do I do? You're like, yeah. I don't know how these pieces fit together anymore. <laughs> and it's disconcerting, but it's also the fun part of it. Yeah. I was just in uh, Virginia. I had a show up in Lynchburg. Great, great experience. But I, I did a, an open mic when I was in Richmond and there was a new, a new guy, never done it before. Huge fan of comedy. And he went up and he did, and he did his time and he got laughs. It kind of like I'm talking in places he didn't kind expect. of expect or whatever. And he, he, you know, and I, I praise him. I was like, good job. You know, I was doing an open mic in a new town. I hadn't really done comedy before. Yeah. And, uh, and I went through the whole thing. I was like, listen, start taping this. And I'm yes. like, I, you're going to find out that you've laughs in places. You had no idea you had laughs before. He's like, you just recorded on your phone. It's like, yeah. Oh, he was just a baby. <laughs> he was just a baby. I was like, you yes. Can dude. Record it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and here's the other part. Here's the follow-up. Then you got to listen to it. <laughs> yes. Cause I did what I was advised to do. I recorded all my sets. I just didn't <laughs> listen to them ever yeah. until like a year and a half in. Really? I mean, my comedy clearly showed that. <laughs> I was definitely recording and not listening back. Interesting. I like that. Something I, something I started doing, actually. I did a, a country club this past week. Ooh, pinkies up. Yeah, well, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> not that big a deal. But no, I did a show with Patty Lee, oh, Tara fun. Brown. It was just, it was the, the three of us. Nice. And I wrote all these jokes for like for golf. And I was like, oh, I got to I got to save these jokes. And I did. So I brought them back out because we did another country club and they did so well. So that's another thing. Like I compartmentalize some yeah. things. I have like holiday jokes and like things like that. I don't know. Maybe just think of it. But Well, yeah, I think 
if it's a good joke, it's a good joke. And yeah. you, but just try and write it in a way that you can keep leveraging it because you right. put a lot of work into writing a good joke. Absolutely. So if it's yeah. even once a year that you use it, then you know. Break it back well, out. That's right. Yeah, that's kind of what it's in I your thought. little toolbox. Didn't so. George Carlin? Didn't he have like a Rolodex? And he just really? wrote all his jokes on different index cards yeah. and then categorized them. And he categorized them in different ways too. So one would be I don't know food groups, and then the other is you know yeah. There's a he would food groups is great. I love right that. yeah. I love that like food groups. Like, there's a scene in the uh, John Rivers documentary. She did the same thing. She had like a li- uh, library sized card catalog. And had every joke she'd ever written. No it's, kidding. It's, it's worth seeing that documentary just for that scene. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's kind of knocking oh, me out, actually. Did I watch that already? If not, I need to add that to my list. But yeah, he would categorize them, yeah. and that way he knew wherever he was doing his next show or whatever, based on the audience, as much as he knew about them, he would just go through the Rolodex oh, and man. pull things out and put them together. I'm like... Wow. I love when people ask me, like, can you, like, you know, change your set to, you know, the crowd and stuff? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like this much. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't have, I don't have the Rolodex or the wall of, you yeah. know, the Dewey Decimal System used for my <laughs> for my jokes. But, but you haven't but, been doing it for 40 years either. That's though, right. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely. To be different. fair to yourself. I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I certainly yeah. have adjustments to be made or whatever. But yeah, if you could do funny. five minutes <laughs> at a church and then five minutes at a strip club, you could make that. Yeah. Happen. yeah. I can also do. 10 minutes of both. So not to flex on everybody, but (laughs) (laughs) so interesting. So now coming up, coming out of this class, you've done other classes over the pandemic or was it just that? I did two of those and I did just some other workshoppy joke writing type. Yeah. I had done one, which I think we both did the same one. Actually, We did. Oh yeah. We did the one um, yeah. with what's his face. She was gonna I wasn't really going to, yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up just because I couldn't remember in the moment. So we'll I will be, remember we, after we've done recorded. Right. This, and uh, then I'm going to call him and tell him what happened. And be like, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. We did that one together. And then I did probably, I basically I was doing zoom comedy shows, zoom open mics and zoom courses for a year and a half because yeah. I had to keep my voice going. Otherwise, did, it's going to be your, so rusty. Of course. Did your volume of material, do you think, is that grown substantially or are you still sort of like me and, and it's hard to get in the, in the starting lineup? That's how I describe it. Yeah, it's, it's grown. It's just not all of it's polished as yeah. it needs to be for the stage yet. So it's sure. a work in progress. But, you know, like we all do, I just go to a show and I'll squeeze in one or two of them sort yeah. of in the middle of my polished stuff just sure. to get get that, totally. get the iron working, the okay. wrinkles out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, yes, and you get to do it in front of proper audiences right. instead of, you know, just doing it in front of me and Brian. Exactly. <laughs> and it has any of this sort of change your style? Like if someone had a gun to your head, how would you describe your style of comedy? You ask me this every time, and yeah. every time I yeah, there's sort of a formula here, Chris. I, I don't know I'm, if you want to. <laughs> I'm starting to sense that um, <laughs> formula for success because Jason doesn't remember the last time you were here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Who's Christopher <laughs> Carrado? <laughs> Apparently, Who? is he better? He likes horror movies. What? He likes horror movies. He's obsessed Wait, with. Them? Were you here like last month? I don't know. Am I messing that up? <laughs> Did I screw that up? I I just think I'm very you know I talk about my life experiences in a very self deprecating way also. I have a lot of observational things. Mm-hmm. So I, I would guess those would be the two buckets that I've And would you say that, that has that changed as a result of sort of all this additional research and experiences? No. Okay. That's fair. No, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, do, would you want it to? 
No. No. You like where you're at. You like who you are. Well, of course I don't. I always want to get better and better and better at it and and make the fun part of what I get to talk about is stuff like the military and wanting to be an astronaut and how that was colossal failure. (laughs) And but I I have to talk about it in in a way that people who don't have that experience can relate to it. So that's the fun part of it, because I could talk about the military all, you know. Forever, but to somebody who doesn't get that, sure. that's the fun part about it. Yeah, and yeah. to make them laugh at it, even though they never served a day in mm-hmm. their life, you know, that's the fun part yeah. for me. So did I now, give? A, did I give proper homage to the to the astronaut bit? Yeah, it was um depth perception. Depth perception. So yeah. All right. So I I butchered it, Brian. You didn't butcher it C-. totally. It's still dealing C- with C- the minus. eyes, but. <laughs> <laughs> and she did want to be an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. Depth perception, yeah. pretty important when you want to be an astronaut. Is that, I, would, I would think. Yeah, oh. I would think so. Yeah. Okay. Things in this universe are closer than they appear. <laughs> hey, listen, everyone, they're super casual with how they send astronauts well, to apparently space now. now. Yeah. The just, last the last time there was an actual mission, they were like, Bob and Doug are going up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the Sonic commercial guys? <laughs> These people. It's a real thing. So as we go from you taking the class, I mean, not sort of necessarily in that order, you were part of the World Series of Comedy. I was. Which was a is a bigger brand and a bigger sort of system than I realized it was. Yeah. This is my first year involved in it. And um, so what they do is first of all, shout out to them. It was an amazing experience. It sounds amazing. I mean, it really was talk about it. It sounds amazing. I was hesitant at first as you are, when you venture into a new comedy festival, I try to have some things I look for when Mm -hmm. applying for festivals, but I reached out to friends who had done it before and, you know, who I valued and respected their opinion and they had a great experience. And so they were spot on. So basically what they do is throughout the year, they have different satellites and you, from a comics perspective, you submit a video and then that video is how you get ranked at each of the satellite locations, which I did. I got accepted into quite a few satellites, but financially I can only swing like two of them. And then I did Boston and I did Sarasota, Florida. And so you, here's the cool thing. So you submit a video. I submitted a video that I'd used and thought it was a great video. And I got nothing. I wasn't getting in the top 40 because they only picked the top 40 for each satellite. And I wasn't getting any traction at all. And I was like, what is going on? I thought yeah. this was a great video. They let you ask them for feedback. They're not going to offer it to you. You have to ask them for it. And they will. They'll they'll give you like five or six judges that reviewed your tape. They'll tell you exactly their thoughts about it. And then you get to resubmit another tape. And I, I was like, when I got my feedback, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I was screwing this up the whole time. It was one little piece of feedback that they all had, and it was about editing your tape. And I didn't know, okay, so this is probably, <laughs> might sound stupid, but uh, I didn't- I just want to be very clear. It probably will not, number one, and there's probably uh, literally 100 comics going, what? <laughs> You're not supposed to, what? It's supposed to be me. Okay, so when I thought editing, I thought editing your tape meant don't give us a splash reel. Like we don't want your best jokes out of 12 shows, right? We right. want one show, one set. I thought editing meant don't splice and dice and don't add laugh tracks and stuff like yeah. that. That's what I thought editing meant. So in the tape that I had, it was a really good show at Comedy Zone before the world ended for a brief period of time. <laughs> and all I did was, because the tape has to be five minutes, there was a 30-second little bit that I had between two jokes 
that I just took that 30 seconds out. And it was still, it got a laugh. It was fine. Yeah. But I wanted the set, the tape to end on my my closing punch, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you they may not watch the whole thing, but sure. I wanted, if they did, I wanted it to end strong. Right. So I just cut that 30 seconds out of the middle. It was the same set, didn't add laugh tracks to it, nothing. And they all said, you edited your tape. You know, they sort of mad lib as bookers and industry yeah. people. They sort of like, well, what was that? Did you just bomb? We don't know. Got we it. don't know that it was only 30 seconds it, it. and yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. more of a throwaway bit. Yeah, even even glitches. I I have that camera that after 30 minutes, it it stops and restarts. Yeah. And there's always a glitch. And I'm like, I, I, I can't use the glitch yeah. for fear that they think it's. Well, that they'll I, think you edited 20 minutes of dead silence. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Which I, I've done. <laughs> <laughs> can't say I didn't do that in the early days. But I didn't know that's, that's also what they meant when they said don't edit. It's yeah. also the splicing and laugh tracks and stuff. But so I just, I was like, okay, now that I have this, now that I'm armed with this information, let me go get a new tape. Now I was motivated to get a new yeah. tape. Got a new tape, submitted that. Then boom, boom, boom. I started getting into all the satellites really? oh, in the top great. 40. And then you just get to pick which ones that you're able to go to. It's an investment for sure. But then you get to perform in clubs that you've never been in front of. There it is. Uh, this, this is kind of one of the things that I want to talk about. It's like yeah. you get in these satellite rooms. Now you're going to, I've never performed in Boston. I've never performed in Boston. I can't get anybody in Boston to really reach out to me. It's like they, they keep kind of regional for the most part. I'm not a headliner. So I'm not getting that, I'm not getting those looks unless somebody brings me up there. So I was, you know, I heard you were going up there. I was like, ah, so jealous. And while I was there, that's the other thing. You're in the local scene now. So then you make connections while you're there. I hit up mics while I was in these places. So I'm just expanding the network. I'm now in front of a club I've never been in front of. That was amazing. And then from there, so, so you accumulate points based on the strength of your tape. And the judges scores. Also, you get scored when you go to the satellites and then all that accumulates to the top 100. And those people get to go to the main event in Vegas. And it's the top 100 of all the satellites all year round. And oh. then you all compete. Wow. Yeah. So then now I'm in Vegas. Well, I get to let's, pre- let's take a quick break and yeah. I'm going to come back and we'll, we'll jump into to Vegas. If you guys want to learn more about Crystal Ramey, go to crystalcomedy.com or at crystal. R-A, I'm going to spell it C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-L-E-R-A on Instagram and all the social media. All the socials. Same, all the socials. same handle. Venmo, Ven- <laughs> Uber Eats. Cash. <laughs> yeah. It's all uh, the same. <laughs> and also, uh, this weekend, go see uh, George Wilburn at the Comedy Zone. Don't forget, always see ltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule of events. And we'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit CDC.gov slash COVID-19. 
Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are having a uh, really nice talk with the super talented, I wrote aggressive, that must have been from someone else, be Crystal Ramey. Be aggressive. That's really funny. Anyway, we're having a great conversation. We're learning about the uh, World Series of Comedy. And, you know, it was a really great first segment. We like to find out what have we learned from uh, the first segment. And I, I would say that uh, Muppets are scarier than Tom Brady. I think that's Tom Brady's kind of not very impressive in terms of being scary and beating me up. Yeah, unless you have to play football against <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not a defense, I guess <laughs> is my point. Fair. Muppets are scarier than Tom Brady. I would also say that astronauts are afraid of glasses. <laughs> I think they terrifies NASA. Didn't say they were great. Uh, any thoughts on that, Brian? <laughs> what have you learned from I've, the first segment? I've uh, learned that you, Jason, have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've learned. Some would say that is a, a highly sought after trait. <laughs> Who? Who would say that? Most people. Uh, Name two. <laughs> Ted Lasso and Coach Beard. <laughs> Look at that reference. All Woo. right. Man, All that right. was in the chamber. <laughs> Anybody watching that? Oh, yeah. I refuse so, to pay for Apple Plus TV. So good. So, You're, yeah. It's worth it for Ted Lasso and for uh, Mythic Quest. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree on really, both. Yeah. I've heard so much about Ted Lasso, and it's, I watched like two episodes that they allow you to watch on the plane. Wow. First of all, if you ever want to watch it, don't start on the plane. It's never going to be a good yeah. showing. It was fine. I loved it. Did I just you? still, it didn't make me want to buy Apple Plus TV. Mm. Then don't take offense to this. You absolutely did not get the experience then. Because I watched the first three minutes of Ted Lasso and I went, holy shit, this is going to be amazing. It's yeah. not at all what I thought it was. And here we are. Like that's that was my experience with it. Yeah. But I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're probably wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll, you're yeah. Second you to, <laughs> you damn it. To, it's fantastic. All right, who's ponying up the money for me? Well, to, <laughs> especially as someone who's a writer. Yeah. Even if you just oh. watch it from that perspective, the character arcs, especially in season two, what Nick? Damn the, it, you co- guys! The, it's it is unbelievable. Literally, yeah. lines that are said in the first episode are significant in the in the final episode of the first. I mean, it, the connect the connective tissue. I'm using that twice. Wow, we're podcast, just going for all the yeah, Halloween. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so well done. I, I, anyway, I could talk about. We'll have a whole Ted Lasso episode. We should right. do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe that maybe we will. Yeah, break it down. Spoilers and all. <laughs> I would never do that. All right. So when we left, you were heading to Vegas. I was headed in to the Vegas. the World Series of Comedy. I was. So when do you find out that you get to go to to be a part of this? Because this is a that's a I've never been to Vegas. I want to go do comedy in Vegas. Like that's amazing. It was fun doing comedy. I'm not much of a Vegas person, and I say that I've been there six times, and I'm not. Really? Six times you've been on This is the first time for comedy, though. And this was far better than any of the others. I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to hear about some of these. <laughs> yeah, right. Mike, Mike Young, who is the feature for uh, Bob Saget, he says, uh, you know, something about Vegas and like two people cheer. He's like, you're only cheering because you were there once. Yeah. <laughs> Such a funny joke. <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've ever it's heard. It's true. Yeah. Um, it is so true. But this time I went... Well, your question was, how do you know? Well, once once you finish, once they're finished all the satellites, mm-hmm. 
then they tally up everybody's scores and accumulate and then da 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 top 100 and those people then say yay or nay they can go and uh and then that's how they define the list and then you go yeah so the scoring i thought was somewhat interesting right so each show i think it's what three three judges audience and is there something else yeah I can't remember each show has a audience voting component and a judge's voting component. And the judges consist of not only the World Series producers, but also the club owners and then some other bookers that are able to be there because scouts come to these satellites yeah. as well. And they also come to the, the main event. In yeah, it's a, it just sounds like it's, a, it's such a big operation. How, how could it be? Yeah, that's why it's amazing. an all year long thing because yeah. it takes that long to you know, keep the wheels of the train moving. But it's super cool because you get to perform, you know, be part of the festival. You also get to like every day they offer like two workshops, two panels every single day. Yeah. Plus they have like networking, like we threw axes while drinking. That's fun. Oh my God. This just sounds like a comedy people, dream. Yeah. I was like, Swinging there's some axes people, as a comedian and I'm while like, drinking. You should never own weapons. Ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> does marksmanship apply to axes as well? No, I learned that. Uh, it does not. Uh, I was not that great, actually. I, I either nailed it or the floor. It was not, there was no in between. you were going to say server. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it or put a server out of business. So. I did break an axe handle. Yeah. Very good. And by the way, not to jump, get too far away from it. I, going to festivals and going to things like this, hit every workshop and every panel you can get in. Absolutely Go to everything. I, it is, that's something that I learned in Burbank. There was other times where I didn't do all the activities. And when I went, it was spectacular. But so you had some cool experiences. Yeah. I mean, I I attended every single workshop they offered. I think I just missed one. And then they, like I said, then they have the shows that you go and support, even if you're not in it, that's super important to do. And, and then I also found like the local scenes, there's a new wise guys club that opened there. So I went and did some mics there. That was great. Got to know the local peeps. Uh, we did. We hit as many mics as we knew about. Yeah. And then there was mayhem. So you know it was good. But, and the, <laughs> and as you said, the the networking side of it is so so underrated with with stand up. I again, I haven't done a ton of festivals. Bless you, buddy. Bless you. Not a ton of uh, festivals, but enough of it. Like I'm still friends with guys and ladies that I met at the first one that I've been to, and some of them are blowing up. That's a that could mean a lot down the road. And it's just more fun to have yeah. other people yeah. going through the same experience. Like this is a, you know, the culture yeah, of comedies uh, can be a lonely place sometimes, depending on where you're at. Like there's just a million reasons why it's a good thing to network. In all the festivals that you went to, do you have like a... <laughs> in all the festivals in all the world. <laughs> and you... You had to walk into this Walk one. into my you walk panel. Walk into this one. Did you... Do you ever get like... Because you mentioned something, it is sort of an independent sport, if you will, mm-hmm. right? But when you get together with your brethren, it's an amazing experience. Yeah. And do you ever leave like a festival, especially one that you had a really great networking, bonding time, and then you get home and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm so depressed now. <laughs> I mean, sure. I have to do this by myself again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I and ha- then, but I will say that it is 
makes it that much more fun the next time you go to another festival or go somewhere else and someone walks in you're just like what yeah, this guy's yeah, here holy yeah. shit i didn't know you were gonna be here you know yeah like that uh, i had again i had that experience out at burbank where i just didn't know some people were gonna be there or you find out the day before they you know hit you up on you know facebook it's like yo i'm gonna be there too let's do this all right yeah. and then it's i love it yeah <laughs> it's a it's a big deal because it's a comp you know doing stand-up is a it's a pretty damn unique experience so getting people in inside that that world to yeah. talk inside baseball is uh, i think a big deal and i think it's underrated to to not bond and connect with other comedians because they also produce their own shows yeah, or yeah. they are influencers of their local clubs that if you bond with them i'm not saying you should bond to just for that but that is a benefit of that if sure. people know you to be a nice person and that you're yeah. fun to hang with and you're not irresponsible or and you're funny then they're sure. gonna likely say you know what i know somebody who would be really great for that yeah networking without expectation i think is, ex is exactly i think the right way to do it yeah you know go meet people have a good time just be nice be polite be professional yeah. make the most out of it i also like the idea and that this is something that that comes up for me so often uh, growing up anyway is don't be too cool for stuff that's one of the things that's why i like going and networking with people especially people who are active people who are doing things sometimes like you know I, it's gotten in my way sometimes of being too cool to do something go meet a bunch of people who nobody gives a shit nobody cares like if you are cool, not cool, being whatever, this way or that, be a good hang, just go meet. It doesn't matter. Everyone's in the same place. Yeah. You know? And even if it's a topic that you've heard a bazillion times, like how many times have we attended panels or workshops with industry and booking people telling you how, what they look for in the booking process? Yeah. You're going to glean something different because Absolutely. they're more than likely, unless it's the exact same panel of people, you're going to learn, you're going to pick up a new tip yeah. and you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Even one. Even one matters, right? And our, our industry evolves too. So their expectations might change and it's important to stay on top of that. So even if it's a topic you think you know everything about, you don't yeah. just do it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about the shows there. Are they, are they, I mean, is this a room of 50 people or is it bigger than that? I mean, how, what are the, what are the shows? How many comics are on them? I mean, is that any of that yeah, relevant even? Each round had about, I would say eight to 10 comics until yeah. they started getting to the top you know, yeah. six or whatever. And then you do shorter sets up top. And then as it starts to D deeper rounds, get more, more time. Yeah. You get more time as you yeah. go move forward in the competition. Right on. Yeah. Excellent. Did you get anybody that you were rooting for? I love them. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. I, won't, I won't put that scope on you like that. So yeah. you don't have to say, we won't. Say no, I mean, do you have people that you connect with from their, you know, yeah. comedic voice more than others. Yes, but I yeah. was, I wanted everyone to win. Yeah. Then you were there for like a week, right? Eight days. Too Ooh, long. That's, that's a lot of Vegas. That's, that's a lot of Vegas. Too much Vegas. I thought yeah. that was a long, because I, because, yeah. so Crystal, um, full disclosure, everybody is, uh, helps me. She reads a lot of times for auditions for me and stuff. And at one point I was like, all right, when are you coming back? I need some help. Can you help me? And you're like, yeah, when? Sunday. And I was like, it, that's like in four days from now. What are you, t how long have you been there? And you were like, a week. And I was like, good Lord. That's yeah. That was a lot of Vegas. I did um, glean from it, from the mayhem part of the <laughs> excursion, uh, my next comedy album yeah. title, it will be called 99 Cent Shrimp. 
Okay. That's a bad choice, is what I'm saying. (laughs) It's a bad, it's a very bad choice. Oh, boy. Don't recommend it. I don't care how drunk you are, and that sounds good. Did Montezuma's Revenge find you in Vegas? It was not good. Oh, no. That's the one panel I missed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a rough morning the next morning. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, and I only had one cup. My little tribe I was hanging with had three apiece. And Um, did they all get smoked? uh, A few of them had some issues. Um, Some of them made it out alive But what I'm saying is don't (laughs) Just go for White Castle Did you You come back with any money? Yeah, because I didn't Well, aside from what I spent on the 99 cent shrimp and the drinks (laughs) Yeah, the gambling on the shrimp cocktail The gambling, yeah Yeah, that was That was the gamble that I made The the only one He's the pro Uh, It was a big gamble and I, I lost did you? You didn't gamble though, really? At no, all? I don't gamble. You don't gamble. It's not. I don't. It it's doesn't not, appeal to me. Doesn't, doesn't get you. Up, gotta ask. Me. I can't. I don't even want to pay for Apple TV. So what? That is yeah, a fair, putting, fair point. Yeah, we should have really put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing question. math on the fly here, guys. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, that's great. Did you have any shows where you were just like, that was the one I bought? I just I blew them away. Did you ever like? How did you walk away? Let me ask that. Let me re- reframe that a little bit. How did you walk away from there going? I mean, did you win? I did not. But I think being there is winning, and that's what every loser says. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's what I wanted to hear. I already won. Uh, (laughs) No, I didn't make it past my round. But, you know, there there are comedians that have been doing that particular festival for a couple years before they even got to the the end, right? So I, I truly do think that I won just by being there. And the amount of people that I met and connected with and, like I said, got in front of some new clubs. Right. I mean, that's invaluable stuff. I was say, yeah, the, that value is just like, yeah, you can't, that's can't even track when, that. That's why I think you know, a lot of people get their panties in a lot about festivals. And I, I think of festivals as an investment in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Just make sure that it's a good festival to invest in. Yeah. And obviously, you got to have the money to do it. But if you have multiple sources of revenue, that uh, that allows you. I have a festival budget. And then from there, I figure out which festivals I'm going to participate in. And I mean, you, 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 that, there's that. Uh, we said there's one one thing you could pick up from a panel that you've heard. I never thought about putting a festival yeah. budget at the top of the year for myself. It's Suddenly, you put... 25 bucks a month away or 20 bucks. Who, who knows? So smart. Yeah. Suddenly you've got all, you know, money to do. That's brilliant. That's a really, Yeah. Really and you brilliant. can write off, you know, I'm a full-time comedian, <laughs> air quotes. I'm not going to talk about the air quotes. I won't do it. You are a full-time comedian. <laughs> but you get to write off your business expenses too. So yeah. you have to take all of that into consideration. I would just, you know, check up on the festival that you're participating in. Sure. That is another segue sort of into Burbank. Yeah. Like you got to look for, for what's the value in spending your time and money there? And, you know, does it have industry presence? Are you going to get a lots of opportunities to right. uh, perform, uh, whether that's in the festival or Mike's local? Competition or not? That could Competition or not? Or not I mean, it. they're still looking for the people who caught their eye during the festival. So you never know. You may not have won, but you caught their attention somehow. And, and that is something you could take away. But I think of networking opportunities with other comedians yeah. and industry folks. You got to look for those things. And I think if you get that, 
that's worth your investment. So totally. put, put some money away for it. Mm-hmm. And you get to write off the 99 cent shrimp cocktail. You got, I get so to write off that. I think I already wrote it off. <laughs> <laughs> and the other related. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. The, <laughs> the Imodium budget. It's gone and everything budget. else I had that week. <laughs> <laughs> got me. Well, I always think of the, uh, uh, there's a video uh there's a couple of videos they did for the Olympics where it was like, here's a, here's a, a long jumper from 1982. I don't know the date of the Olympics. And then they took 14th place. And then eight years later, they, you know, competed again. And then they took fourth place. And then, you know, they're in Tokyo or wherever the last one was. And they win the gold. And you're like, this is, this is going to these festivals. And this is world, world series of comedy where you're like, it's not everyone goes game. out and just, you know, I, I struggle and I will get lambasted for this, but I find it almost impossible for a comic who's been doing it. Let's say seven years is going to be funnier than a comic that's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And I think there's purest comics would be like, that's bullshit. That, that's not a, not a thing or whatever. And I would 100% disagree that it's that experience is just, they tell you stage time is everything. And it is and those experiences. It, I think, it what, is. I think what you're doing is the right way to do it for sure. Yeah. It's definitely the long game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you go out to Burbank, which, uh, yeah. uh, which I, I had a great experience there. You and I, I just, there's so many aspects of it. So you went out and you had, uh, did you eat shrimp Buy there? Weed? <laughs> I know for a fact that you did. Ah, oh, oh, snap. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. that's right. We don't. We can cut that. I don't know. No, we can't. No, no. no? Our editor is broken. Our editor is, is high. Well, we can't. So we'll yeah, move on. We'll move on. So I found the the uh, panels and stuff out there to be uh, really cool and, and helpful. And But that experience overall is pretty good. Yeah, it was great. I think COVID put a lot of restrictions on things, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and it was like the first festival outside of the lifting. Yeah. And, you know, California has been struggling. So I think they did a phenomenal job given given the parameters that they had to work within. But they had panels. They still had like and they had several open mics several times during the day, plus the shows that you were in. The cool, I think the highlight for me is I got to be in a show with Jay Leno. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, what? Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> Little name job there. But yeah, that I thought that was super cool, um, especially given. That's amazing. Are you the, kidding me? You, I yeah. feel like you're brushing over it. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> tell us, tell us about that I mean, night. You know, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, I, I was sort of like, all right, don't don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you're supposed to say. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's what you say. You're in your head like, I, I can't screw this up because what if this is my opportunity yeah. or my door? You want to make sure it's your best, you know, Seven minutes, I think I had for that particular show. But how cool is it to say, "Yay, I got to yeah be on the same show." Any, as any, any FaceTime or was it all sort of kind of added? He distance? is so cool and so nice to the comedians, yeah. and yeah, I mean, you could see though some faux pas. Like you could see the newer comedians who were trying to like talk to him before the yeah. show, and oh boy, I mean, it was still nice about it, but you can tell like there's a time and a place to. Sure. Sort of in not ignite that conversation. And I think the poor guy took, you know, 500 selfies oh, yeah, with yeah. Kami. I didn't do it because I, I just, no. I should have, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a little on the fence about it either way. I'm, I think you know, sometimes it's, appropriate. it's fine. Yeah. I just felt like he was getting blasted by everyone. Like, yeah. just take a picture. And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want to do that. He was yeah. looking kind of tired and I just thought he'd yeah. taken so many already. Well, he's 112, I think, isn't he? I yeah. Just, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's still, he still he's works that stage. 70s. 
got to be 70. He's got to absolutely. He's got to be yeah. in the 70s. He still yeah. works that stage though. It's pretty yeah. impressive, and he's and he's still he's nice. He's a good dude. Yeah, from what I wearing, could tell. Was he wearing denim or? He was wearing he the wear same when, yeah. sports jacket sort okay. of look yeah. that he wears. Did he perform? Yeah. Okay. I know that sounded dumb for a second, but he wasn't like a judge. He was just like uh, their celebrity Yeah, no, he performer. was in the show. He was wow. the closer. That's so great. Uh, yeah. Jay Leno, 71 years old. 71. You yeah. make me feel bad for saying 112. I saw your face. I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do numbers, Brian. <laughs> that's okay. That's why you got me. That's, why, that's, that's right. why I got Siri. The brains so, of yeah. the operation. That's right. I have no problem <laughs> saying that. Well, look, let's, let's, I want to switch gears a little bit just because I want to get into some, some negative things I've heard people say about festivals and things like that. Yeah. I mean, did you have any, what, what were some of the pet peeves that you're taking away from this? What are the things that are that are just negatives that you wish, you know, maybe they would do differently. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. So um, about festivals, yeah. generically speaking. Yeah. I mean, you could use a specific example, whether it's Burbank or that the World Series of Comedy, whatever. I mean, I certainly have thoughts on it. You know, I think for me, again, I think it's like the criterion which I pick festivals, like not having industry there. Why am I giving you my twenty dollars then? I'm sure. not fly to your place and do your festival to do one show. And there's no industry, sure. not yeah. having networking opportunities with the industry, but also other comedians. Figuring out what you're, what you, what you value. Why would you want to go there? Whether that's yeah. a financial, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're making an investment, and so make sure yeah. you're, you're. In my mind, if I walk away and I got bookings from these things that will pay my rent, then it was worth the investment to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you do that is making sure you're in front of the right people and also that you're making you're broadening your your network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I did. Um, and I don't really feel bad bringing it up, I guess. But the I did the Cleveland Comedy Festival. Yeah, which which overall, I, I, I had a good time there. And I met a lot of the people that I was talking about before. Awesome. They had their they have like a, a final show. So you, it's all about getting into the best of the fest final kind of show. Deal. Right. And then they had pick a winner or whatever. And but they made it a bringer show. They made it a show where the audience was the primary decision maker for who sort of gets passed to the next round. The people I was hanging out with there are from California, yeah, Texas, Florida. Yeah. They don't have anybody to bring. How are you bringing anybody? So ultimately, the person who won that show was like six months in. Yeah, I was like... When I they didn't lose all their friends the exactly. <laughs> so they have literally in their town who's now of course they have they brought the whole world there to win a thousand dollars and all this. It that that to me is just was was one that I didn't do my research clearly because I wouldn't have gone there. Yeah, right. it's on you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take that heat, but I will say that as a as a business model, yeah, uh, no, Cleveland, that's not a good test. Yeah, like yeah. That, well, why? Why would you do that? So that's just you know one thing to look, one pitfall to look out for, or whatever. I agree. I don't like competitions in general. There's some that I do because I am loyal to the person running it because I know they operate with integrity or whatever. But what I liked about, and sorry to bring it up again, World Series is that they do have an audience component to it, but the judges are the primary decision makers. The audience are secondary, mostly to break up ties and stuff like that. Which, and, which I do think there's value to having the audience be a, I an active too. participant. In, because in. sometimes if the audience is loving somebody that you guys didn't gel with, then you know, I think that's a good balance. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what they also do to to battle that uh, if you're out of town, which all of us are, yeah. um, except for a few Vegas comedians that were in it, but most of us were from out of town. You could stream it. So your friends could oh, wow. you know, watch it from home and vote also. So even if you were from out of town, you still 
could oh, ha- you have the potential. And they also, which I thought was cool and never heard of before, is you get to build some revenue. So, for example, yeah, I had some that. friends who watched my um my my show at World Series in the competition part, and it's donation based. So you can either you donate nothing if you have it, or you donate. You just put down who you're there to see, and the comedians get a portion of the proceeds. Huh of the donations, or if you sell live tickets, which they give you tickets. So we could just wander around the (laughs) casinos and hand out tickets and your name is on it. And then you get a portion. So I actually earned a little bit of money while I was there. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a really unique sort of I thought so too. I was like, that's cool. You should know after that shrimp, I was like, Hey, you want to come see my comedy? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a shrimp. That was, Uh, that was the whiskey. Well, one of the other sort of things that I, (laughs) (laughs) nicely done uh one of the other things that i sort of come come down hard on comedians about is the idea of them getting upset because it costs money to do something like costs money for a festival now if it's a 100 bucks or something like that like i get it 20 40 bucks 50 you know i I don't even i don't know if i've seen much that are over 45 or 50 bucks i'm not sure but you've said it a couple times it's like this isn't i'm again i'm seven years in i'm still 100 percent in investment mode yeah I'm, I'm still making, learning. I'm not this walking is, away making tens of thousands of dollars doing this. That's yeah. not why I'm really there right now. Until I'm like featuring at every club yeah. <laughs> on the Eastern Seaboard yeah. on every single weekend, I'm still in investment mode. Even That's then, right. I, my investment will look differently, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, you're, just, you're putting money back into what you're doing. And so. you get to write it off. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was one of the big pet peeves, of, pet peeves of mine when I hear people talking about this stuff. And, and World Series comes up a lot because it is an investment. You got to get yourself to these different places, satellite, satellite rooms. It, it, yep. So get, get over it is what I will tell comics. Get over it. Or don't do it. It's fine. You don't yeah. have to do it. Uh, you That's can right. pave your own path and do your own thing. That's fine. Just don't knock other people who are yeah. or who are interested in it and talk them out of it because they could be missing out on an opportunity. You know that. That's a perfect place to end. Good job, Crystal. Crystal Raymond. Thanks. You're a blast. Jason. Uh, uh, other uh, comics, uh, uh, do what Crystal's doing or do some semblance of what Not Crystal's the shrimp, doing. Just Not the shrimp. Not <laughs> the shrimp. Yeah. I mean, that to me, the theme of the show and kind of what we talk is you, you, you work hard. You work hard every day on this. And most of us, myself included, I don't think I do that enough. So Definitely you're an inspiration have days for that. days that I slack, for sure. <laughs> oh, I've There's seen just them. some days. I've seen those too. No, let's not pretend like we're not. Damn it. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming back on. And, Thank and, you for uh, having me. We'll, I really we'll have you on again it. in like two weeks because I'll forget you were on. And there you go. I got when Jason calls you tomorrow and asks you if you want to do the podcast, say I'm no. going to say yes. Uh, so good. Let's As see how this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be an apology here in, uh, in the next week's episode when we find out that I wasn't here for that episode. You were absolutely... I listened to it, Jason. You definitely... No, were. this is impossible who that I forgot. Done it? When was yeah, this? We have not had a guest host in the last year and a half. You're saying... I'm sure. All right. I listened to it. I'll give you a date. I am having COVID brain. I am actually blaming it on COVID brain. All right. Well... <laughs> We should probably go. I got to go take some medication. (laughs) That's all I have to say. All right. Well, you're the best. Congrats on all your success and and all of your travels. Thank you. Very kind. Uh, I can't wait to see you on stage again. It's been a minute since I've seen you on stage. I know. I can't wait. Let's make that happen. Thank you. Crystalcomedy.com. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-L-E comedy.com. Crystal R-A. Same spelling. Instagram and all the socials. Check her out. Uh, She's got a lot going on. And uh, Brian, we uh, got anything else we need to cover, buddy? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay. All right, then. Perfect. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to the Comedy Zone podcast. Don't forget to go to cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule. For Brian Baltashevitz and Crystal Ramey, I'm Jason Allen King. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you all next week. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 